Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey man, how'd you like, like a $20,000 raise? We can help you do that at savewithconrad.com. Don't take my word for it. Check out our reviews at conradreviews.com. We've got an A plus with the better business bureau. We've won the number one best in business award many, many times. And we just got a great five-star review. That's uh, from Jimmy E. He says, my wife and I just closed on our refinance after working with Diane and Steven. What a great experience. We closed within a month and added about a thousand dollars of monthly cash flow. Thank you. They were great. And who would have thought a trip to first family mortgage and ad free shows booth at Starcast five in Nashville would have led to this LOL. Thank you. No, thank you, Jimmy, for believing in us. I know it's crazy. You're listening to a wrestling podcast and you're going to save a thousand dollars a month. Now think about that. Add that up over the course of a year. That's over $12,000 a year. You're going to save now. How much money pre-tax would you have to earn to net $12,000? That's about 20 grand, right? And think about that. You would have had to work for that money, pay taxes on it, and then just give it away. Come on, man. Keep more of your own money. If you can hear my voice and you're in a 30 year loan, you've got a second mortgage, you've got credit card debt, you've got a car payment. What are you doing? I can show you how to keep more of your own money, get a lower monthly payment and get out of debt faster. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners save up to a thousand bucks a month. Just like Jimmy, find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. Oh, and how's this for starters? No house payments for two months. That's right. A little fall break from house payments. Sounds good to me. Find out how much money you can save at savewithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. One more time, savewithconrad.com. Woo Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Wings! Legendary flavors! World championship wings! Woo! Woo wings! Yeah! Woo-woo! 
Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little bit about adfreeshows.com. People often ask me, what exactly is adfreeshows all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Not only do you get early ad-free access to all of my podcasts, starting at just $9, but you also get many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts, like Click This with Kevin Nash, Gentleman Villain with William Regal, Oh, You Didn't Know with Brian James, and others for, yes, still just $9 a month. That's 14 podcasts in total every single week, early, with no ads. That's like 20 cents an episode. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or through your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Want some more cheese on that Whopper? AdFreeShows.com has literally tens of thousands of hours worth of bonus content, including fantastically popular series like Dirt Fox Back, Idle Chase, and Strictly Business. And I don't know why this is a thing, but there's even more than 40 Ask Conrad episodes waiting for you at AdFreeShows.com. We've got monthly Zoom chats with all the podcast hosts, live watch-alongs with wrestling legends, and more. Come on now. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered. That's adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling today. Check it out right now, adfreeshows.com. You'll be glad you did. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course we couldn't do it without the hall of famer, double J Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you, man? Oh, Conrad Thompson. How we doing today, man? I'm excited to be here. We're going to be talking a little nitro from 2000 and you know, well, that means it's not a good show. And, uh, oh, wait, 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 come on now. Nitro sucked in 2000. I am fired up today for a lot of reasons. Okay. First and foremost. Beetlejuice is in the notes. Um, that's a first for us. And, you know, I'm pretty excited about it. He's in the research. Yeah, we have a cage match. We got Russo and Goldberg and the whack pack and a little Brad Siegel here and there and Lex and Sting and lots of cast of characters. We got a, oh, I think there was a bikini contest. There's some stuff on this episode. I have zero recollection on it. it everything kind of blurred together, but, uh, what a weekend it was. The volunteers, my Tennessee volunteers got a big win. Um, did Bama play? Uh, it's, it's, it's irrelevant. Um, fantasy football. I'm kicking ass in both leagues. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I'm on a roll, pal. Hey, the Tokyo game show. I know the gaming industries and a lot of the news as of late, WrestleQuest and the whole Moonsault digital team was over there, uh, won another award. Tell you what, uh, gaming industry has got its good and bad. The baddest things take so damn long. And early 2023 is when the game is finally going to come out. But, uh, yeah, the team is coming back from Tokyo as we speak. Uh, PAX East, PAX West, PAX West, and Tokyo Game Show. Gaming industry is fun. Baseball is fun. But fine, uh, fantasy football is the topic that I'm dominating. So let's get on with the episode, pal. Uh, before we get going, um, I love that you've decided to make this into a thing. I, I just, I mean, I don't know. I just got to ask, like, is it true? What's that? You know, I've heard a lot Beetlejuice of is in the notes. I've heard a lot of rumor and innuendo. Yeah. And a lot Ooh. of people, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people, Jeff, they're saying that, well, your mouth's been writing checks that your ass can't cash. That's what I've heard. Conrad, where are you going with this? Well, I was told that a friend of ours took you to the damn woodshed in fantasy this week. I heard 
that Abyss pulled out the thumbtacks of fantasy football and just black Total hole, nonsense. Black hole slammed your ass right through it. Total nonsense. Do you are, believe that? I, I've not known him to be a liar. Wait, Joe Park? Not known him to be a liar. He's a he truth teller is- from way back. No, him and Grandma Jitty and Grandma Jenny's Chili and Jeremy Borash and all that nonsense. Joe Park's a liar. Chris Park's a liar. Abyss is a liar. They come from a long lineage of liars. He's lying about fantasy football. Who 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 concocted this? Can you share with us? You know, you can do a screen share right yeah. now. If you just want to go ahead and pull up your fantasy. And show us what happened yesterday. You could just show us right here on the program. And then, you know, we can just separate the men from the boys. We don't have to take anybody's word for it. I sit down to record. Yeah. I not always bring my A game. You do. Okay. Well, part of that A game is putting the old phone in out of hand's reach. Because I want to have my undivided attention on you. Well, now I I know that's a lie. Because when I do ad reads, you start texting. (laughs) So just remember your lie today. My fantasy. It's my fantasy league. Yes. So, and it's a fantasy that you're winning. <laughs> no, you don't, don't extrapolate any of your business wisdom out of this. Chris Park is a no. damn liar. Okay. Okay. Let, let, let me just prove that to you. Did he, or did he not say that Joe Burrow was Montana light? Joe Montana. He said he was the next Joe Montana, which is amongst the dumbest sentences I've ever heard. I just, okay. So, so now we're, here we go. I'm kind of, you know, if we're going to do a little deposition here, Chris Park failed miserably. What is Joe Burrow's record this year? Well, it's not good. The, the damn Cowboys beat him with a backup. <laughs> okay. So my world listeners, I apologize. Conrad derailed us again, but uh, for you non-football fans, but the volunteers won. I won in both leagues that I'm playing in fantasy football. Conrad's trying to stir up, chastise me. Just total nonsense and, and just, just, I don't know where you got that stuff. I have no idea. Well, sit, listen, since you like to, uh, uh, talk shit and swallow spit <laughs> this weekend, Tennessee is going to be playing Florida. Both are ranked. This will be the first time that, uh, we get to see some big time sec action like this. What do you expect to happen? Tennessee or Florida? Well, You don't, do you know, big Tilly, um, no. big Tilly. Okay. He, he, uh, anyway, he, he worked with us at TNA for a lot of years, huge Gator fan. So we had this Tennessee, uh, you know, Tennessee, Florida Tech on all the time. He's even worried. A tried and true Gator fan is worried. So Conrad, we got a high powered offense game days in Knoxville. The Gators are definitely not on their A or B or C game. They had trouble with, uh, was it South Florida? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. They always, it, it's always a great game. I'm still going to go volunteers. We'll win by seven. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What's your prediction, pal? I, I don't mind getting out there in front of it. I think it would be cool if Tennessee won, like, Sincerely, I want Tennessee to win all of their games, but one this year, y'all are way overdue. Uh, and the only way Tennessee is going to do anything is if it's like a participation level trophy. Hey, 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 Conrad. That's, do you know, Cody, my man, Cody, great close personal friend of the show. 
Mr. Cody angle. He, uh, he's turning 16 in a month. Is that right? Did you know that? And I'm under the impression that that young man and his entire life has not one time seen Tennessee bad in Alabama. Think about that. He, my man's about to have a driver's license. Never seen it. <laughs> never seen it. That's not that he's is lived just... his whole life and never known Tennessee to get their hand raised. Not one time against Alabama. Not when he was one, not when he was two, not when he was three, not when he was four, not when he was five, not when he was six, definitely not when he was seven, eight or nine. Not when he was 10, not when he was 11, not when he was 12, enough, not when he was 13, enough, not when he was 14, enough. not when he was 15. It's not going to happen when he's 16 either. Right For now, exactly. Alabama's bank to rank two. Tennessee is ranked 11. There's no way Tennessee will still be there. I think they can get through Florida. Maybe I think they can get through LSU, but they will no longer be a top 11 team. And, uh, then after Alabama takes them to the woodshed, hangs about 60 on them. I think they'll slide right out of the top 25. Let's okay. Do you think right now, if Bama had to play Georgia, I'm I, Georgia looks strong. No, they do. Yeah, between one and two is uh, when they play uh, in the SEC championship. That's the real national championship. I agree with you. It yeah. has been for quite some time. All yes. you Big Ten and Pac Pac fans and Big Twelve and. ACC and anybody else out there, we beat each other week in, week out. I was watching the scores. I went over to Virginia this weekend. I was at a wedding. Hermie Sadler's oldest daughter uh, got married. Uh, pretty cool little story. Uh, her and the young man, I saw them dating in high school, and here they are 10 years later, time the knot. But anyway, I watched the scores. What's some crazy scores? Arkansas was down. They were The SEC just – Something else, pal. SEC, and then all the rest is what it ends up being. I love that uh, you got to hang out with Hermie Sadler here. He is training for his last match against Cody Angle. We'll have more to come on that in the in the coming weeks. Uh, there was a flurry of texts this morning over that. Maybe thirty. Mister yes. Angle's, um, uh, as it sits, Mister Angle's uh, representation has reached out to me to try to secure the broadcast rights. He needs a uh, a film crew. To make sure that fans can tune in to see Hermie Sadler's last match. Now, Hermie hasn't promoted it as his last match, but Mr. Angle has promised me it is indeed Mr. Sadler's last match. So we're pretty excited about that. He he told me that uh, he reached out to you. So even, even Cody knows you are now a full-time wrestling promoter. Even it made me laugh that Cody knew he needed some production. So let's reach out to Conrad, which made me LOL. And then immediately I went to work. So sure enough, and Mike Weber over at fight, they're working on it. We'll okay. have all the broadcast information Great. for Hermie Sadler's <laughs> last match. And uh, you, you know where it's happening, right? It's in, it's in Hendersonville. Best I understand on the trampoline. So you'll be able to get a jib and six or seven, or eight cameras. And the entrance will come down from the steps. I mean, I, you- I'll fly Borash up because he's got a new drone. He likes to do stuff with. <laughs> <laughs> and we can get drone footage of Cody whooping Hermie Sadler's ass. Uh, oh my Lord. Now listen, what's, what's protocol? Like, what do you, what type of a gift does, does the Jarrett family take to the Sadler family wedding in my head, me knowing you, like I do, it was like a little bag of blue chew because <laughs> you're trying to make sure that everybody has a good time. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And now, Hey, it's time. It's time. It's 
Bluetooth time, not Vader time. Uh, guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. And that's where blue chew comes in. Blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime day or night. So you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now the process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. That means no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made here in the USA. They prepare and ship directly to your door, all in a discreet package. But there won't be anything discreet about your package. Come on. You know the deal. Blue Chew's a day one sponsor here on the program, and they're back each and every week because it really, really works. If you're looking to put on a five-star performance, if you're looking to go <clears throat> Broadway, Blue Chew can help. If you can benefit from extra confidence, why not try Blue Chew? Check out this special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free. When you use our promo code, my world at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is my world to receive your very first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring our podcast and the Sadler wedding. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Hey, Conrad, I feel like we're about to dive into the episode. And uh, we can talk a little bit about, I'm being serious now. We can talk about this more next week, but uh, that's where I'm headed at, uh, headed out to this week. Las Vegas Cauliflower Alley Club. My grandmother is receiving an award. And I have sponsored a table because yes, I, pl- I, I plan to be there and celebrate. And now I realize that happens right in the middle of the week. So I'm going to do my best to be there. But hey, Conan's being honored. Uh, the Jarrett family is being honored. A lot of our friends, uh, sort of getting their accolades. I'd love to be there to support. And it's never a bad time in Las Vegas. Is it? There you go. What, uh, but no, it's pretty cool. We, uh, we, as you say, we are in the stalls of business yeah. or part of, part of what we do when you don't run the world and, uh, stuff like that. But, uh, no, I, I'm pretty excited about it. It's, it's, it's really cool. Christine Jarrett, uh, made a decision to provide for her family and it radically changed the trajectory of her entire family. So get to go out and celebrate that pretty cool deal. Absolutely. If you haven't already check out the cauliflower rally club, they do a great job, uh, bring a lot of awareness to the history of professional wrestling, help take care of some folks, uh, who were in there, the autumn of their life, if you will, who, who sacrificed a lot for our entertainment in professional wrestling, great organization, great event. And, uh, it's pretty cool that some of our friends are are getting honored today. We're going to do something a little different. Jeff, we're going to do a watch along, uh, for nitro here from September 25th, 2000. Uh, it's a crazy time for WCW and I figure what better way to celebrate this than just go watch it. So fire up Peacock. It's uh, nitro season six, episode 39, September 25th, 2000. That's season six, episode 39. It's time to get off the couch and get back into the bedroom. Blue shoe can help guys. We know that confidence can take you far in life. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where blue shoe comes in. Blue shoe is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. 
Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And guys, I've heard the lady say there's nothing sexier than confidence. Well, Bluetooth can help give you that confidence you need where it counts. And if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Bluetooth can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth for free when you use our promo code MYWORLD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is MYWORLD to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Bluetooth for sponsoring today's podcast. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. So without further ado, Jeff, I'm ready. I'm at season six, episode 39, September 25th, 2000. Are you rip roaring ready to go? I just can't wait to get to Beetlejuice. Let's roll. <laughs> That'll be a lot of fun. Here we go. I'll give you a countdown. When I say play, we'll press play. Here we go. In three, two, one, play. And Nitro is on the air. There. Nostalgia. The what do you logo. think of that logo? You like that logo? Yeah, no, I actually did. I, I, I was, the story uh, of a man and his dream. It has been my lifelong dream since I was a kid to be the WCW champion. Born in Long Island, Vince Russo has climbed the heights never before reached in sports entertainment. Look at Russo. What the hell? Did Russo not go through the back? Oh, he's in the face. He fucking space again. Tonight, Vince Russo returns home for what will be his toughest challenge yet as he puts his undefeated record on the line against Booker T in cage. And I will be one step closer to my reality. This is his night. This is his moment. This is his destiny. I deserve the right to get a shot at that title. Look at the proof in the pudding. Long Island, New York. The W. Champion. So it's come to this 25th day of September of the year 2000 when Vince Russo's biggest moment is upon us. The limousine is pulled outside of the Nassau Coliseum. This happened earlier today. Oh, there's Borash. Well, that was Curly Howard. Be a big night. Let me tell you something. It's be a big night. Tonight you go 9 and 0, 10 and 0. World title run tonight in your hometown, New York City, New York. Can you believe it? Can you feel the electricity out there? 10 and 0 tonight. Whoop. Shut My God, how funny was Jeremy Borash in that scene? <laughs> was that not tremendous? He plays a very good, uh, over the top, annoying lackey. <laughs> Just what he was uh, scripted to do, I should say. Check our past archives out so you can hear the episodes Hulk Screwed Hulk and New Blood Rising. That sort of sets the stage for this show. We're just eight days out from Fall Brawl in Buffalo. 
when you lost to uh, Mike Awesome in a bunkhouse match that included Gary Coleman, the Buffalo Bills, and a 70s bus. Here we go from one uh, vertically challenged human being to another. Gary Coleman, uh, one week (laughs) or or 10 days ago, and now we're headed to Beetlejuice. But uh, wow, see what all these run together. But, uh, you know, the GIF, J I F, I mean, G I F of Coleman and the GIF of Beetlejuice. I didn't realize they were only 10 days apart, back to back uh, smash hits. How about that? (laughs) Something about little dudes, you were. You were in the mood for, I saw a micro man over the, uh, the weekend at an MLW TV taping in Atlanta. I'm curious. You ever hit micro man with a guitar? No. Well, who's they're still, they're, they're still bike. Who's micro man. You don't know about micro man. Oh man. I've, I've missed micro man. Huge star Google him, boys and girls. I, I think he's, uh, pardon the pun going to be one of the next big things. Um, <laughs> So Meltzer would say it was thought this would be a week for WCW to capitalize as viewers used to WWF on Monday nights would switch to WCW when finding other programming on the USA network. The result was a number well under what the raw average was. It had to be considered a good sign overall, since it was better than most had predicted for the first show on the new station without nearly the promotion they had originally planned for. So to add context, this is the first time Raw's on TNN. And I think at the time, uh, USA was offering something like five and a half million dollars a year, which is what they'd been paying. And TNN came along with like a $28 million offer. So of course, see ya. Um, uh, but did you think this would be an opportunity where, Hey man, uh, they're not going to be on USA. Maybe that means folks will just switch over to TNT. Like always for us, you know, the luxury Conrad that we have of looking back over time, uh, is, uh, a lot, lot of fun. But for me to go back and think of my mindset, and that's why I saw that same uh, stat come up this week. I didn't realize it was that. I didn't realize that TNN outbid USA by that much. You talk right. about getting a little comfortable. I mean, they weren't even running. Uh, no. So the twenty million that, that for them to jump, but also never. Um, okay, here's my experience. We have, especially in the Nashville market, in the territory days, when we would change TV stations, sometimes we were on ABC, sometimes uh, uh, independent station. Uh, we also did that in Evansville a couple of times. Our audience followed us. So I never, ever, wrestling fans just follow. They just do. Now, look, you know, from Fox to FS1 is a recent analogy, but that's broadcast to cable. But for the most part, they follow pretty quickly uh, in, in a really great way. Uh, it's just how wrestling fans are. So I didn't think it was ever, I never thought, oh, this is a huge, this is the trick that's going to get WCW back on track by any imagination. Since we're just talking about TV and all that jazz, we we started our show talking about a little football. Recently, we saw the first NFL game streamed completely on Amazon. Thursday night football. It's not on the NFL network. It's not on ESPN. People all over. Where the hell is it? It's on Amazon. I, I got to see some of the game. Really dug it. The world didn't end, but it felt like a may maybe a major shift, the first step of a major shift. Because forever, man, these NFL rights, the TV networks were just literally billions of dollars, and now to see it on a streaming service, it does make me wonder. You think wrestling could ever get there? Where 
you know, there is a, a big streaming opportunity for professional wrestling where no longer is it about quote unquote TV rights. It's streaming rights. I definitely think, I mean, maybe as soon as the next go around for the WWE in, yep. in a way that, because kind of the point that I was trying to wrestling fans follow. Now here's where, man, I feel like we're doing an episode of strictly business, but cable uh, networks, they don't want it all to go there because live content wrestling's 52 weeks a year, live every Friday night, live every Wednesday, live every Monday. So sure. It could go yesterday, uh, driving back from Emporia, Virginia to Raleigh, Durham airport, you know, in years gone by, you're like, Oh, well, that's Sunday football. Maybe I should get early flight. So I can watch the game. You know, that doesn't even cross our mind anymore. Flip the iPad out. Karen was going through the apps. Boom, pull it up. Steelers game was on. Um, Carolina game was on two different games. So I think we're there. And I think the wrestling world, as it navigates its way through, um, we bring eyeballs and I say we collectively the business, which is a great thing. News. I mean, you know, you, you think about how many minutes are being consumed right now uh, from the queen of England's funeral, right? It's live. I, I mean, that, that, that is a, it's a historic event. It's live and people are consuming. And so the stock market or the political scene in America or whatever it may be, but live content gets eyeballs. And so that's why wrestling, I believe will always stay on some type of broadcast network, cable television distribution, because it gets eyeballs. Okay. Hope you guys are really enjoying this episode of my world, but now it is time for double J to give a little personal testimony, because it is time for me to tell you about Rectech, an amazing company that offers wood pellet grills fueled by all natural hardwood pellets, along with other lifestyle products, such as coolers, apparel, grill accessories, and more. So I'm just telling you folks, Rectech, if you like grilling outside, you just need to stop the presses, go look no further. I'm telling you, Rectech is where it's at. So it's time to toss that gasless grill, messy charcoal grill, or even that overhyped brand name grill aside and join an elite wood pellet grilling family. And when I say family, it's a family and it will make your family put a smile on their face by focusing on flavor. Convenience and versatility, Rectech sets the new standard in grilling. Visit Rectech.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q. That's right. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q. Use the code Jarrett to get 5% off site-wide. That's 5% off their top-notch wood pellet grills, one-of-a-kind Rectech icer coolers, chef-tepted rubs, sausages, accessories, merchandise, everything. 5% off. That's Rectech.com and use the code Jared. I can assure you, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You'll put a smile on your face and everybody who, I'm just telling you, anybody and everybody who takes one bite of food cooked off a Rectech grill. It's an amazing company. We're, we're talking over an interesting way to start a show here. It's billed as an I quit stick versus stick match. So it's two kendo sticks, one for Johnny the Bull and one for Big Vito. Billy Silverman's our referee. They've introduced yet another woman. This is going to be Vito's sister, Maria in the crowd. And down comes Reno. Yep. And here comes Reno. And now there's uh, I guess because it is a stick versus stick match. Maybe that means there's no DQ anyway, but Reno's rifling off some shots with the kendo sticks. I, I, any experience with a kendo stick in your wrestling career? <laughs> I hope you're kidding. Tojo wore me 
out my first couple of years in the business. And, um, the first time Conrad, I'll say this, the first time I got my hands on it and you can, you can, I'll say work it. You can either really wear somebody's ass out or you can make it sting and not quite as bad if you've got some, um, back control, so to speak, but yeah. yes, I've got quite a bit of experience with kendo sticks, Qu- quite the experience. I'll, I'll say that. So now a, a lady has jumped in the ring here. This is Vito's sister, Maria. She's covering up Vito. Who was like in the tree of woe position as Reno's just wearing him out with a now shattered Singapore cane as Sam man would call it. Any memories of any of these folks? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, when you like, look, me and Vito, I've known each other. Uh, but when I looked at Reno and uh, Johnny the Bull and and kind of this entire episode, obviously lots of change, lots of upheaval. This is the dying days or yeah, we're getting really uh, down to the final days. But oh, let's track Boras here. Don't let anybody tell you different. Tonight is the match of your life. You're going to win the world heavyweight title tonight. Feel it. Feel the electricity. Do you got it? Do you got it? I, I don't know why, but I could. I just want to watch Borash. You giggle, don't you? One after another. Young Borash working his ass off. Lord bless him. You just called him a young Borash. Well, he is. (laughs) Uh, Scott Hudson here on the call with Tony Schiavone and Mark Madden, who they call TV's best looking big man. What do you think? You got a commercial running right now on your screen? No, I do not. You're going to have to get the, the, the version of Peacock where you actually pay for it, Jeff. Uh, I, I love that. I knew that's what you took to Hermie Sadler is some, is some, some podcast giveaways. I knew that was the case, but now I know you're not even spending the $5 to get the, the uh, free version. <laughs> Look on your face. Sure. Folks that are audio only. When that came out of my mouth, it <laughs> just went my damn partner. Oh, um, it's, it's hilarious. Cause listen, I'm going to tell you, Jeff Jarrett spends money on real estate and food and nothing else. <laughs> nothing. I mean, if you're going to go to dinner with him, you think that you're going with Norman Rockefeller. Cause he's like, <laughs> we want all the apps, all the desserts, two entrees. Oh, this is a great skit here. David flair with a golden crowbar and an escalator. Oh, shut. Hey, hey, now I need to use that. Shut up. There he is, 977 They're trying to figure out who the father of his girlfriend's baby is. Yeah. How about that for a storyline? Stacy Keebler, uh, his his wife now, or I guess was fiance. I'm not sure if they actually. Anyway, there's a baby and there's uh some curiosities. Who done it? And supposedly David has now seen the footage and he's going to find it. And here comes Double J, and now Big Papa Pump's music playing. There he is with his headdress looking as only he can look. Is this the best physique in wrestling in 2000? I don't think it's close to you. Oh, for sure. For yeah. And I, I love the, the chain mail, uh, headdress. It just, not many folks can pull that off. Yeah, he can. 
both character wise, but also I'll just his uh, physique, his delts, his yeah. traps, the, the headdress. He wore it well. I'll say that he wore it well. I'm curious from your perspective, like you were around these guys when they were the Steiner brothers, not necessarily known for their strong promos. And then this big pop a pump character comes out of nowhere. We'll talk about that on the other side. Let's take a listen. To you. Around the country. Tonight is the night you've all been waiting for. Tonight in this very ring, a new WCW World Heavyweight Champion will be crowned. A little overconfident, don't you think, Jeff? So to all you New York slap asses, you're all going to be part of history. Because hometown boy, Vince Russo is going to make good. So why don't you all choke on that? Some confidence from the chosen one himself. You know what's amazing to me? That I come out here looking as good as I do. Genetic perfection. And you fool me. But then you cheer the New York Giants. And then you cheer the New York Jets. Who everybody knows sucks. We looked good against Tampa yesterday. Hey, just, just give Scott Steiner the day. So he's going to pick a, uh, a fight with uh, Jumbo Elliott, one of the football players for the Jets. But as you can tell, a lot of this show is built around Russo. And I mean a lot. And the whole show. The whole, whole show. episode. Whole episode Here's what Meltzer had to say. There certainly is an internal feeling that Russo is on shaky ground with the belief he himself is more aware of it than anyone. And thus has booked everything around himself as the focal performer on the show to increase his value while he still has full creative control. Now, the idea there, the narrative is if he's going to get fired, he wants to be as valuable as he can be. That almost reads like, Hey, if I put myself on TV a bunch, maybe Vince will want to do something with me. ACW want to do something with me, but that doesn't even make sense to me, Jeff. Why do you think Russo wrote himself to be a focal performer on camera like this? I hear you loud and clear, but I'll say this from my perspective, Vince quit trusting anybody. And I'm not saying that's a defense of him. That's an observation that he didn't trust not only the executives that were above him, but anybody on his team and certainly any of the talent and, you know, throw in the, the, the Hogan situation and, you know, I'll call it the Hogan camp and the millionaires club. Cause by this point, would you say this was September of uh, 2000? So what do we have seven, eight months? And there were already rumors of Mandalay Bay and yes. ownership. And so we're, uh, eight weeks removed of bash at the beach and that mess and that litigation. And just, it, it was a damn mess. And Vince didn't trust anybody. And I think his mindset was, well, I can trust myself to, um, make the right decisions or, uh, uh, uh Mike to make the right promos, whatever he built him, built the show around himself. Cause he could trust himself to, to, to at least get the story done. Unfortunately, you know, his in-ring ability just didn't exist. And so I, I just think the foundation of what he was doing just crumbled because of his in-ring skills. They weren't there. 
among other things. Wade Keller would say this Russo apparently has shown signs of a defeatist attitude in the sense that he's going to do what he thinks is best, but also have fun for now until the ownership situation plays out since he may not have full control quote unquote for his own wrestling promotion for long, which might explain why he booked himself in the main event against Booker T on one of the most important nitros in WCW history. Mid-card wrestlers and new main eventers are concerned that all the progress they've made in terms of getting a chance to be featured could be erased if a new company took over and brought back and pushed the Hulk Hogan, Lex Luger, Buff Bagwell types at their expense. Do you remember feeling like you're sort of in a lame duck spot here where, okay, this is what we're doing now, but we know something's about to change. So it doesn't really matter what we're doing right now. It's of no consequence. Or did you not get that vibe? Probably very, I'll say very, yes. I, I guess those thoughts would come and go that like, this cannot go on. There's just no way it was maddening. And, and again, I'm looking at it more from uh, a business perspective, the live events, nobody would, sh- I'm saying talent, none of the top guys were booked and they had cut a lot of back. And uh, I guess they were, I don't know where we were at in the thunder tapings. I don't know if we'd gone to, to a night at this point, but you know, uh, there's, I think we're going to get to some notes that although 20 years later, they aren't as bad as, as you would think, but I can remember thinking the, the different stats that, and I think Meltzer put it in there. The last time we were in this building, we had 8,000 paid this show nitro, the lead, you know, Jim did 4,000 paid. So how less than that, actually, you've got 4,898 fans here total, but only 2,815 are paying a gate of $113,390. And Meltzer had this to say. It may have been the lowest paid attendance for a wrestling show in the history of Nassau Coliseum, definitely the lowest in the last 20 years. As best we can tell, the last time there was a major sized arena show in the New York City market that drew less than 3,000 would have been during the depression in the 1930s. I mean, that that's a <laughs> that's a pretty big statement there. And Dave maybe have woven some fiction. But maybe not. It sounds great. Look at the way you're reading it today. But nonetheless, in the NYC market, whether it's Newark or the Garden, now Brooklyn, but but you know Long Island, to do this kind of paid gate, and we're only a year from business being red hot. I mean, you yeah. just it would hit us in the face and go. Wow, think the bottom is falling out. That's how quick, you know, for for historians and you you kind of look around the landscape and say, hey man, things are rolling. Uh, you know, WWE just had a big house, AEW, just all, all the all the big houses out there. If you don't stay on top of it, the bottom can fall out really quick. This is proof. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode, but uh, now it's time for us to take a little break. And I want to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart. And it's a, uh, it's a product that I literally use every day. Our partner athletic greens, uh, has created what I call a superfood. I started taking AG one because I want to live my life as healthy as I possibly can. 
and I'm talking about day in and day out. And AG1 is 75 high quality vitamins uh, and minerals that they put together in one simple scoop. It's, it's, it truly is lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free and all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's one of the very best things. And it's it, because it's based on science. And this is something that I know is important in this day and age. It costs you less than $3 a day. If you're investing in your health and it's, <laughs> and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit, it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. If you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional supplement, this is it. Uh, Athletic Greens has over 7,500 five-star reviews. Their founder has figured out the formula to put it all in one, one, one scoop in the morning. I look forward to taking it and I take it every day. They've made it simple. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com my world. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash my world to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Folks, this isn't a part of the raid. I'm going to tell you, AG1 works, and I feel better day in and day out. I've been taking it about six, eight weeks, and I'm telling you, I can make a difference. Give it a shot. Um, we got an interesting look here. It's a, a tag team battle Royal and we got Ginger and O'Hare, Kaz Hayashi and uh, Jamie son, Mysterio jr. And Guerrera, the Harris twins, more and Helms loco and Cajun. So we got a lot of, uh, talented folks here. See Ray Mysterio coming to the ring now with Conan and Hooven to no masks for any of these folks. They're the filthy animals here, but. Before this segment, we saw Mike Sanders backstage doing what Meltzer would call a just Joe gimmick with chronic. Talk to me about Mike Sanders. He felt like a guy to me in this era, who was going to be can't miss. I was convinced he was going to be like, uh, you know, what Roddy Piper was to some, some heels. He could be a great mouthpiece, even if he was on the outside of the ring, he didn't have to be in the ring, but I just thought. He was <clears throat> above average. What do you think of Mike Sanders? <laughs> Pardon the pun. You know, it's it's uh, it's fascinating to hear you say that. Here's what I always thought, and Russo really pushed for him hard in the early days of TNA, and I bet I said the exact same response to Vince or anybody in the room that it got to a point in TNA, and I don't want to jump uh, around here, but Conrad, it got to a point in TNA where people would ask me, why do you have something against Sanders? And maybe Mike will tell you, maybe what I've always gotten along great with Mike. I think he's funny and quick witted and super talented, but I kept telling folks who specifically Vince, what's his character. And I'm not saying he needs to be glacier or the gobbledygooker or yeah. a mass man Define to me what Mike's about. What, what, what is he? And I know Vince would, would, he never really gave, I'm like, Hey, I like him, but what, what's his character? I know I'm talking TNA days in these days. Look, when we talked about it, you look in the ring right now, Jindrak and O'Hare, super young talent, 
a three count, super young talent. Um, earlier we saw Johnny the Bull and Reno, just loads and loads and loads. And a lot of folks straight through the power plant, but they were good talent, but there were so much of it. I mean, specifically in this match and I, I get it, but you know, it's just when you, Oh, Conrad, we could say so many what ifs Yeah, in this entire episode during this entire era. Uh, and Mike Sanders being one of them, but Mike is a, it's, he's a stand-up com- uh, comedian. I mean, he's really, really got a gift to gab and good timing on the mic. Do you think he would have been more into it if he was a, a heel manager? I don't think that would have been the, the fix. Again, I want, you know, to me, Mike Sanders, and I've said this, and this is nothing about his name, but, but I, I think it, it sounds like whatever job description, accountant, banker, lawyer, uh, president of the Kiwanis club, Mr. Mike Sanders. It's, it sounds like a typical name that you see in the workforce. What's his wrestling persona. And I think that's very important. It doesn't have to be outlandish. Uh, I, I, am not saying over the top by any stretch of the imagination. Let's, let's just give some descriptors who is Mike. And that's, so I think it might've helped, but I, that wasn't the magical key. What if he would have put on the same costume, the same flesh colored costume, and he could have been the third member of the dicks and he could have just been little Dick, Mike Sanders. Would that have gotten what, over? What, what about captain blue chew? Well, yeah, but I was saying like you did a tag team called the dicks. The Johnsons. Let's let's clear oh, this. Up. Sorry, sorry. The, the dicks for WWE. You're right. In the gutter. You yeah, started little, that nonsense on fantasy. Football. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. sixteen years of University of Tennessee football, and now there you go. You're just talking about penises. Well, let's just make him a flying Elvis. Flying Elvis, Mike Sanders. I, I, I no. I, I, it's just interesting to me. We got a spot for Mortimer Plumtree. Don't see anything in Mike Sanders. Oh, here we go. Here yeah, we go. Little needling. No, I got it. Disco, come on down. Mike Sanders, fuck off. <laughs> puppet, br- puppet, bring your gun. Hey. Man. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Man, what a tease. What so a that, tease. So now the uh, security has come in and they've arrested. That's right. Arrested Chronic. It's down to the filthy animals. Jin and O'Hare. Sean O'Hare, another guy, I just thought for sure, man, he's going to be such a big star with, with Vince. And then it just didn't happen. They tried though, put him with Roddy Piper and some other cool stuff. And it just never really clicked. Look at old Doug Dillinger. He was great. Rick player last match. Wasn't he at ringside? He takes it very seriously. But Meltzer would have this to say the 925 Nitro from the Nassau Coliseum was a major disappointment given all the hype literally for months of this date being targeted as quote unquote WCW's. Can I I stop you two seconds? Last big chance. Yeah, please. That was Chris Harris as part of the security. You see? Mm -hmm. Early days of America Most Wanted, but Chris Harris was. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. When you get time, Jeff, you're going to have to catch up since you're watching the commercials. I'm at 2540. Anyway. It was promoted as being WCW's last big chance. <clears throat> and we know it's less than, <laughs> I mean, it just is. I mean, speaking of disco, here he comes. <laughs> just want to make sure everybody understands what just happened. 
we just had disco inferno jump the guardrail and come in this is real and whack moving to grail with a duck a disco duck what the fuck is this dude this is just outlandish vaudeville is what it is it's absolutely outlandish vaudeville shout out to crowbar <laughs> Ray Mysterio, man, a real life uh superhero. The style he works. And these are some big old boys doing some pretty athletic things here. And that'll do it. Ginger Jack and O'Hare get their hand raised. New tag team champs. <laughs> Had a big point in all of this. In their rookie year, Mark Dintrack, John O'Hare, on a tap. Well, coming up tonight, who would this be? Getting ready for Miss WCW 2000, the swimsuit contest. I think it's Oakland. It's, oh, oh, it's Corey. So we just saw a close-up of Tori Wilson putting baby oil on her legs. Well, this is what we're doing. Uh, the whack packs here, boys and girls, and mean jeans with them. No, it's it's fake. You've got to be kidding me. Probably want to know why we're here. Tonight is going to be the first ever WCW bikini competition, and we will crown a winner, thank goodness, to the help of our judges. These are the members of Howard Stern's whack pack, and they will be judging the competition later tonight here at Nitro. Hank, the angry yes warrior. Yeah, all right. I'd really love to see Pamela naked. Oh, that's that's very, very good. And Crackhead Bob, you uh gonna be judging this. You've got a keen eye for the lady. Oh yeah, I'm Bob and uh I'm gonna do it and don't to talk. I did it not nice. They call you high pitched theory. Why? Because of my voice. I'm here to see Pam and it's my first time here. Thank you very much. And of course, Fred the Elephant Boy, you've been looking forward to this all day. Uh, ben, you look jewelry. Let me warm you up. Thank you very much. And Beetlejuice, say the best for last, young man. Well, I said for the ladies, the shots. All right. They're going to be the judges, as you know, for the WCW first ever bikini contest coming up later on. Well, wait, whoa, whoa. What a, wait a minute. What the hell is this? Too easy, baby. Here we go. The typical horseshoe we have to put up with every week. The thing is this, you got a bunch of freaks out here you're interviewing. I got genetic freaks. My boys just won That's a world right. tag, tag team champion tonight. Right. You're interviewing these guys and not my guys? Yeah. I got the future of the business with me, and you're wasting time with these guys. Yeah. Typical of, okay, guys, let's not waste your time. I don't know. This might wear off on you guys. You want to say one thing? Felix, it's nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very sarcastic. Elix, he <laughs> underrated line by Kevin Nash, who just shook Beetlejuice's hand and said, Elix, nice to see you. Of course, that's a reference to Elix Skipper. All right, Jeff, we got to run a timeout right now to tell everybody about IWTV.live. It's independent wrestling's premier streaming service for live events and video on demand of past events. And if you like technical wrestling, You'll see the likes of Wheeler, Utah, Daniel Garcia, Jonathan Gresham. And if you like hard hitting strong style, you can see Eddie Kingston. And if you're a Deathmatch fan, you've even got Masato Tanaka and a ton of other talent, but for just $10 a month, IWTV.live offers 20 plus events streamed live each month from top independent wrestling 
And just this past week, they had 10 live events. Y'all, that's like a bucket event. There's no better value in wrestling streaming today. Also, as an IWTV.live subscriber, you get immediate access to their extensive library of over 13,000 hours of video on demand content from over 300 independent wrestling promotions from around the world, including organizations like Beyond Wrestling, Prestige Wrestling, Absolute Intense Wrestling, and H2O. You can watch IWTV.live anytime, anywhere on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV Sticks, all your mobile apps for Apple and Android devices. I want to mention no long-term contracts required. Go to IWTV.live and subscribe today for just $10 a month. That's IWTV.live, IWTV.liv. You'd be glad you did. Man, what a great, crazy segment that was like. I understand there's a lot of criticism about working with, uh, Howard Stern's crew and the whack pack. And, but the idea that we had mean gene interviewing high pitch, Eric, Hank, the angry drunken drawer, Fred, the elephant boy, and my God, crackhead Bob was there <laughs> and, and crackhead Bob, you know, has, uh, had, he's no longer with us, a, a circumstance with, with his eyes, throw that in your Google machine and mean gene being mean gene. Now, crackhead Bob, you've always had a keen eye for the ladies, right? <laughs> I'm sure he bagged on it and talked a lot of shit on it, but it had to be hilarious and he had to have a lot of fun. And as if that's not enough, that segment touched this one. The insane clown posse is in the ring cutting a promo right now. Whoop, whoop. Two scoops of the whoop. This is all the same show, y'all. This isn't like a recap of what's happened. This is all hour one. Yes. <laughs> I want to get that clear. Hour one, new tag champs, battle roll, bunch of new talent, uh, Beetlejuice deliver the line. I want to, I got a huge question. I wonder if that was a one take wonder that like me and my production brain, I'm thinking, did they pull, did Gene pull that off in one take? Yes. Because he didn't give anybody a chance to say anything other than like one sentence. And even if it made no sense, he just moved on. He's a, what a pro. That like JB's got a little gene in him too, but guys like that can keep the straight face, keep a promo rolling, and just right off the cuff. And he just introduced and and in context, the whack pack, Howard Stern. I, I hate to say peak Howard Stern on terrestrial radio, but he's got to be right in there, right? This is pretty serious. Oh yeah, dude, he's uh, one of the large, one of the biggest uh, forces in the media at this point. Like as far as an advertising revenue, I mean, he, he's a main event player. So the hardcore wrestling fan going, what the hell is WCW thinking every morning, millions upon millions upon millions of people listen to the whack pack. And now yeah. the whack pack is on Monday night nitro, and they're going to be getting involved in this show, a bikini contest and Gene and Nash and all that kind of stuff. So there is a little method to this madness because I don't want to gloss over why the hell would you put the wet pack on? Because millions of people listen to them. Now it did not result in a lot of coverage on Stern because Stern drives the boat, but yeah. I see the method. This is what we're watching right now. And, and boys and girls, if you're not watching with us on Peacock, I encourage you go do it. September 6th or September 25th, 2000 it's season six, episode 39. But now we see that seventies guy, Mike awesome. 
getting on top of a Partridge family style bus with Shaggy two dope and Shaggy's going to fall off the bus. Y'all hasn't happened yet, but it's one of my favorite botchamania style clips to go watch because this is something else. You ain't kidding. You got one of the most talented big men performers, former ECW world champion, former FMW star, just a physical specimen. And look at violent Jay throwing himself off the hood of this bus through a chair, but process what we're talking about. And I know that the ICP is a polarizing thing. I get it, but these guys love wrestling and they are notable musicians who have a little bit of fame and bring uh, their own fan base to this thing. Huge. And they're in here with Mike awesome on top of a bus and he's got him set up for an awesome bomb on top of a bus. And then he slides off the damn thing and nearly breaks his arm and shoulder and elbow and wrist. And this is just a Monday in the first hour of the same show. Don't it's bizarre. Is it not with half a house and Opie from the Andy Griffith show counted three (laughs) serious business. Shaggy falling off the bus. (laughs) Both scary. And hilarious at the exact same time. I love my me some ICP. And look at Mike Olson. With a white belt. I mean, you got one of those. Of course. Look at the replay as we see him. Oh, folks. Take the awesome bomb and then whoop. <laughs> that couldn't have felt good. Oh, God, man. <sighs> All in hour one. Still to come, we've got a bikini contest where some ladies are going to get damn near naked. And we're reminded of that every time we go to a commercial break. We see a scantily clad woman in the back stage area getting ready. Let's pull back a little bit here. Russo in the main event, writing this show, you could kind of tell we're in New York City. Uh, we're all switched to TNN. We're, I mean, I can just hear the mentality. Don't give them an opportunity to change the channel. Yes. Don't give them the only in-ring action we've seen has been gimmicks with kendo sticks and a tag team battle roll with a duck coming in. <laughs> David Flair is pulling up to Chuck E. Cheese with a golden crowbar and jumping out of an Escalade. Let's see what happens here. But seven Oglethorpe or nine seven seven Oglethorpe or whatever. Nothing wrong with stopping for pizza. I love Chuck E. Cheese. To pull me, yeah, boy. Welcome to Chuck E. Cheese, sir. May I take your order? You know where Overthrow Road is. No, I do not, sir. I have no idea. What do you mean you don't know? What do you mean, sir? You're in on it, aren't you? You're in on it, aren't you? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Sir, sir, he's in here. David Flair has jumped in the ball pit. Guys, listen, I know it's easy to dunk on David Flair. I get it because I do my fair share of it. But my man was asked to drive to a Chuck E. Cheese, jump out of it, grab his gold, his golden crowbar on the way, run his mouth at the uh, poor lady behind the counter who was not a trained actress. I'm just going to guess. And then be convinced that the father of his bride's baby might actually be hiding in the ball pit. 
in the words of Dutch Mantel, run the play. David ran the play to the best of his ability. My favorite part is as much as I want to make fun of David for doing it, he got paid thousands of dollars to do it. Oh yeah. So can you imagine the production crew going into Chuck E. Cheese? Hey, we need to shoot this wrestling bit. Oh, sure. You got to have a fight. Nope. One of our wrestlers is going to dive in the ball pit. Oh, okay. That'll work. <laughs> and my man, now the segue to Ernest the Cat Miller, who was just at the wrestling showcase. And I swear to you, he has not aged one bit in 22 years. Yeah, looks the exact same. This is all the exact same show. It's a, it feels like we're watching a best of or a real life episode of Bosch mania, but it is not. Meltzer <laughs> would say of this show, or I'm sorry, Wade Keller would say of this show, there was something happening every minute, but considering how important the show was a real letdown of an effort. Are you watching these shows in the back as they're happening? Like what, what is your, like in the show? What is your routine? Good question, Conrad. Little story behind the story. When I went back, we've documented it, but I focused on my segment, trying to make it the very best. And as the weeks rolled along and this dysfunction and the awareness of the dysfunction, there came a point at some point during this run, if you will, that I quit trying to fight City Hall or suggest and just really say, okay. What is my segment? How can I make it the very best? And try to kind of stay in that moment, in that lane, and and do the very best. Because, I mean, this show, uh, whether it was you or Silva or Derek Spado or the whole crew picking this episode, yes, it has a lot of craziness and upside, but it's a perfect example of just how all over the place it was. But it harkens me back to, what a freaking madhouse. Yeah. I mean, in so many different ways, uh, how many stories have we seen just on this episode? Seven, eight. Yeah. A lot. Hour in, at maybe an hour and 20 minutes. in. Anyway. No, we're not an hour and 20 minutes in. We're 39 minutes in without commercials. Well, that's what I'm saying is with in this show, we've gone through hour one of Nitro. We're Almost. We're not even at the, I don't even think we're there yet at the crossover. You don't think we're okay. This is, think about that. This is all hour one. Yes. Okay. Wow. Which is, I mean, I'm not fussing. I think it's amazing. Here's the thing. I, I, I could, I could see why if you're listening to this, you would think, boy, they're really busting Russo's balls a bunch. I don't think we are, you know, like having all of this inside the same show means it's not boring means there's not a sameness. You can be critical of crash TV. And, and we all have been at times, but there is a place for it. You know, ECW show back in the day felt frantic. You know, you were bouncing around and seeing a lot of quick cuts and it was fun, but I do think maybe it's like, uh, some soap back in the day, just a dabble. Do you, I don't think you needed it for three hours nonstop. And as we see, uh, I, I've got my uh, closed caption uh, uh, as I watch this, yeah. and it says "coach." So Shivani referred to Kevin as coach, and uh, 
I'm, I'm thinking about the TNAs, TNA days when he was the mentor coach of the X division. So, uh, he was the coach of the young guys here and pulling the strings and Kevin negotiating himself in the right position at the right time with a fat paycheck. He knows that playbook very well. Click this. He wrote it. He wrote it. <laughs> Go check it out. His brand new podcast with Sean Oliver. Oh man. So what do you think of this whole, you know, the, the, the younger group here? Cause so there's been the millionaires group versus the new blood. And what did you think of the idea that, you know, there's going to be, cause it's been written about a lot, right? Like. Oh, so-and-so's holding us down and he's not letting the young guys, whoever, whether it's Kevin Nash or Hulk Hogan or whatever. So they're just letting some of that actually play out on screen. What'd you think of that creative and the execution? See what, as I was working through the research and, and trying to recollect, and I, and I do this often, you think back, okay, so this is 2000 Twitter. Nope. Instagram. Nope. YouTube. Nope. We're really talking the internet and it's hard to wrap your head around today that it's, 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 uh, for lack of a better word, it's just kind of Meltzer and Keller and Jason Powell at the time and newsletters that were online. It was transitioning online, yes, yes. So the gossip and then the gossip backstage and knowing again, the bash at the beach. Well, let's go to April of this year when it was the millionaires club and Russo and Bischoff were working together and it's a whole new day. And then by the time bash at the beach fell apart, Literally, and now here we are two months after that. I mean, you couldn't plug all the holes as this ship was was going down. You could kind of see the method. Okay, Kevin wanted to play ball. Kevin was protecting his check and him overseeing the younger guys. But that, that scene just right there was a perfect example. There were eight new guys. Yeah. O'Hare, John Stasiak, uh, Chuck Palumbo. Uh, I don't know, several of them. It was just too much. It, it was too much to digest. It was, there was, you know, and I think when we look back on history, I think Vince McMahon will go down is the guy perfected. So to speak, he could laser focus the spotlight on one talent or one story. And everything got a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit more focused and a little bit more progressed in the storyline, but you just didn't have 15 stories making a lot of chatter. Because then nothing means nothing. Everything's a gimmick match. There's all kinds of run-ins. There's not three ladies. There's nine ladies. Like here, here we go. I mean, just it's just too much. There, there's on this show. There's stunts of the WAP Pack and ICP, which it just okay. They're all non-wrestlers. David Flair going to Chuck E. Cheese. It was just overload on everything. Nothing got over. So we've got the whack pack now who've made their way down. Uh, eventually Hank is, is getting in the ring. I think he really is the angry drunken dwarf here. He's, uh, moving pretty slow. May have been overserved a little bit. I think there's a story that JB had to push him out on stage. Go, go. As they were corralling talent backstage, somebody, I don't want to incriminate Mr. Borash. If he didn't do this potential crime of pushing a young man out on stage who might not have been in the condition to walk out on stage, but, uh, the corralling the whack pack at go position behind the scenes and then telling them to go on cue was quite the challenge I hear. So this is a bikini contest. Uh, and this is what we're doing for ratings here. So we've got Pamela Paul shock 
who, uh, as I guess, co-hosting maybe with me and Jean, and she's in a fur coat, but one by one, these other ladies, um, and now there's Tori Wilson come down in a little gown, take the gown off, reveal the bikini. I mean, listen, I, I guess I understand, you know, this is a different time and we're trying to do some stuff, but I just don't know, like. If you took your kid to wrestling and you didn't really understand what wrestling had become, this would probably be a little weird. Like if you're just used to the road warriors and Hulk Hogan, and now there's this, you gotta think, what, what did I take my kid here to? What do you think's in Hank's, uh, soda pop can? Do you think that's straight? Uh, I don't reckon it's spot. It's Sprite. <laughs> if I had to guess it's not Sprite. Little mixer, as they say. Oh my gosh. Meltzer would say, uh, the bikini contest was really lame. Pamela Paul shock one, which turned out to be a major source of heat. They held a beauty contest as part of kicking off ticket sales in Las Vegas. That went really well. Paul shock. No showed it at first with the story going around. She had an ankle injury. Apparently the real story was that since she wasn't going over, she wasn't going the rest of the women, or at least some of them seeing that attitude were really upset that on the TV version, which is far more important for her to get to do it. She was promised the win, basically being rewarded for her no-show. Welcome to the wrestling business. So, of course, we're trying to also establish that there's a heel. And I think Mr. Duggan is going to be coming out to uh, cover up Major Guns, who's coming to the ring right now. And don't Google her if you haven't in a while, and your wife will see your browsing history. Let me just say that. You will have some explaining to do. Oh, Conrad, you are such a kind hearted man. Just looking out for everyone. Well, I'm just saying like, if you were like, man, I don't remember her. Let me Google her. Reckon you don't need to do that. If your wife happens to click on it and sees what she's up to these days. So if you're into that sort of thing, you can follow the leader there. I like high pitch Eric. He's, uh, he's actively engaged as a judge and, and Hank is. Look at my man, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is ready. He is absolutely ready with his outfit on Superman outfit. He's a scene stealer, no matter where he goes. So, uh, Tylene Buck is uh major guns here. Meltzer would say this. The reason some of the women didn't disrobe as much as you think is some of them were uncomfortable with it and being compared with fitness models who know the tricks like Tori Wilson and Tylene Buck. Even women with good figures can get intimidated. So I don't know the tricks, but apparently Tylene Buck and Tori Wilson do, but I can't imagine any of these ladies being intimidated. They, they all look like they're freaking fitness models here. But again, I'm not really sure how you would explain this. Let's say you, uh, took your son to wrestling and he took pictures with his digital camera and Hey, mommy, mommy, print my pictures out. And it's. A bikini contest. Maybe he thought he was going to see the macho man. Maybe not. You know, Conrad, as we sit here and look, and, uh, this is on, this is on TNT, right? So it's still in that family. Yeah. And the numbers weren't very good. Right. Right. Just think about what was this? 15 minutes of TV time back then. It's a lot of TV time, bro. Yeah. A lot. Uh, uh, uh. Moderation. 
moderation in Gaga moderation in, um, again, we're going to go back. We've, we're, we've, we've recapped this already three or four times. ICP. Yep. <laughs> the whack pack, a bikini eight, contest, eight ladies in a bikini contest about a tag team battle Royal. Kendo uh, stick. Kendo stick. Man. Bus. Yes. Let's not forget the bus. A duck. Yeah, an actual disco duck. It's, uh, this is all the same show guys. And I think we're, we're just now around the, the crossover, but here's the big reveal for Pamela Paul shock to take the, the big, uh, fur coat off. We've got Leia meow, Paisley, Tigress. What? What? <laughs> I didn't realize you were in the contest. I'm not Jean. You're, you're not in a contest. No, I'm just really hot. <laughs> you're not kidding. She is. <laughs> well, Gentlemen, I don't know. Somebody host Gene off. Here we go. You're going to have to vote. Do we have Brandon Top and Gene? She's the winner. Well, well, what she said in a contest. What do you think? She's the winner. What do you think, Kate? Well, she's not even in the contest. Three votes. Apparently, you're the winner of mutiny. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm. So now the uh, contestants are upset. They're all making their shocked faces. Some of them are protesting. And I think there's going to be a little physicality here, but Beetlejuice and oh, here we go. Lamb meow, who at the time I believe was Jimmy Hart's girlfriend. I'll follow up on that in a minute. We remember her first as seeing her as Kimono Wanalea in ECW, which is one of the most hilarious and offensive wrestling names of all time. Uh, and now look, check this out. Another another cat fight coming up. He's coming in. Bad wrestling, Conrad. A wrestling school body slam. Like day one wrestling school body slam. And now I think we're gonna roll around on the ground ECW style for an old school cat fight. This is just uh Maybe it looked good on paper. And maybe if you're trying to get as many bikini clad, uh, clad girls in the ring, maybe that works, but the execution of this is well below uh, a good indie level standard. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. At best, you don't have quarter hours over there. Do you No. Yeah. Big Papa pump's got something to say. That's why she's my favorite freak. You know, you claimed that you forced Bill Goldberg out of WCW at Fall Brawl. Well, Goldberg is here tonight, and he's looking for you. That's no claim. I forced him to quit. He so there you go. Goldberg and uh, Scott Steiner hooking it up backstage. We didn't go to commercial break, by the way. We went right from the bikini contest, straight backstage, Scott Steiner, Goldberg, then the commercial. Conrad, I was going to jump on that. Yeah. Just the fact that just you can't digest everything it just whoo man here's disco with the duck now in the middle of the ring doing a promo let's take a sidebar here to talk about some mark madden stuff this is in the observer a little bit of drama there was major heat with mark madden this past week it started with several nasty emails back and forth between madden and dave Shear, a writer with onewrestling.com Share a few weeks back, basically blame Madden for talking too much on the September 11th show, which happened to be the nitro debut of Jeremy Borash, Dave Shearer's friend who didn't make a strong impression on his TV debut. 
Cher has a major history of writing childish emails and trying to goad people into public feuds. While Madden has a rep for taking many negative criticisms into personal affronts, which in the job he has is something he can't afford to do and remain with any level of sanity. Madden felt Cher was negative towards him because he was using him as a scapegoat for an excuse for Borash not coming through when given the chance and then trying to find an opening in WCW for Borash who Russo's backing, but his work hasn't been complimented anywhere to get a full-time gig on nitro or thunder. First, the email started flying complete with name calling on both ends. Cher continued to write negatively about Madden and under every circumstance, my feeling is that a performer who has to be able to blow off criticism or grow from it because it's part of the job of being a performer in the business nowadays, even if they respect the opinion of the person writing, they should think about it and use it constructively to improve and they'll be better performers. Or if they believe it isn't warranted, they should just dismiss it. If they don't respect the opinion of the person writing, they shouldn't give it a second thought. Time out right there, because I think every person who's critical of Meltzer and takes issue with what his opinions are and his star ratings and all that, Meltzer's own words. If they don't respect the opinion of the person writing, they shouldn't give it a second thought. Well said, Mr. Meltzer. I was going to say, hats off. He uh, is in the business of making money first and foremost, period. Uh, eventually there's allegations that, uh, share in one of his emails claimed he could get Madden fired from WCW after a negative column by share directed at Madden using the term mamacita on September 18th. Madden responded by calling into wrestling observer live unannounced on September 19th and felt much of the recent criticism of him had been personally motivated and cut a promo on share. There was a meeting at the 813 pay-per-view where the wrestlers were all told they couldn't do media unless it was approved by the office. But that was a meeting only for talent. The announcers weren't at that meeting, nor were they told those guidelines. In the case of Madden, it would be ridiculous since aside from his wrestling persona in Pittsburgh, he has a sports talk show and regularly does local media uh, appearances. On the show, Madden claimed he was told by a WCW executive that Sharon had called up and actually did attempt and failed to get him fired. Sharon denied that in the response the next day, but never addressed or mentioned any of the story claiming that he said so he could do so in an email. And then there was simply a coincidence of an exec going to Madden a few days later. Madden ended up getting major heat with Russo for a few days, not because of any of the issues and non-issues that overwhelmed whatever real issues there were with a bunch of name calling like silly, gay and fat and situations going back and forth because Madden appeared on what Russo had either convinced himself or had been convinced of as a part of the enemy show. The problems judging from the broadcast appeared to have been alleviated at nitro and reports are that Russo and Madden smooth things over before the show. So much ado about nothing. Madden got offended, picked a fight allegedly with, uh, a critic, a critic, maybe tried to get him fired. Russo's caught in the middle. This isn't the wrestling talent. These are the announcers, boys and girls. It's crazy. Is it not like, it, I mean, it really is. I had forgot all about it. Like, but Dave Shear, wrestling.com to tie it in Bob Ryder who owned the site. Yeah. Was Dave's boss, but Bob worked for WCW at the time. Yes, he did. So it, it, it's even kind of stranger. Even, yeah. Everywhere you turn. Yes. A new wrinkle. 
bizarre, my friend. Nothing straight of the whack pack was WCW, all of us included. Who would you have been? Would you have been? I know later in life you would have been Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf, but back then, would you have been Crackhead Bob? Would you what have about been? I think you might be smarter than Beetle. I'm outsmart them all, pal. Well, you know, it's my favorite Jeff Jarrett line of all from the very first promo. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, We got Steiner in a mask here, wrestling Goldberg in a cage. And we're about, as we're watching now, I'm at 57, 15, 16, 17. So we've got about 30 minutes left in the program. And right in the middle of the damn show, Goldberg and Scott Steiner. Unadvertised, made on this night. The cage was there for the Russo deal. I get it. Uh, so what are we? An hour and fifteen? You, you're saying in the show? Yeah, I'll, yeah. Crossover, that's right. Just past the crossover. Yes, we're in the second hour now. Bikini contest was the crossover. Probably. Yeah. Meltzer would say this. Uh, they had a pretty heated match. It was good, but nowhere near the level of their previous bouts. Can you believe they gave away this cage match without even advertising it in advance or making it the TV main event? So much for drawing big money at Starcade. At least when Bischoff gave away Hogan versus Goldberg, he hyped it to death on Thunder beforehand, and it did set record attendance while pissing away what might have been a $7 million match on pay-per-view at that point in time. By giving away the cage, I'm not, I'm not sure how much they're pissing away on pay-per-view since they have made so little from it nowadays, but they didn't even hype it ahead of time. But as you came out with a lead pipe and walked right in the door, why even have a cage? Steiner used it, but Elliot wouldn't let him out the door to win. Goldberg then speared Steiner and left the cage to win in four minutes and 44 seconds. But it is crazy. You know, we see criticism all the time about, man, Bischoff gave away Hogan versus uh, Goldberg you know, on free TV, instead of doing it on a pay-per-view, even though it was a dome show and set all kinds of records, blah, blah, blah. We're giving away Goldberg and Scott Steiner here in a cage. There's only 2000 paying customers and we didn't even promote it or advertise it ahead of time. It's crazy. Creative is subjective in so many different ways. And what master are you going to serve revenue ratings, uh, political, this is a heck of an episode to to highlight multiple dysfunctions uh, within the dying days of WCW. Like an episode of Wrestling's Clue, Scott Steiner has a lead pipe, and he's just destroyed Goldberg with it after his valet just walked right through the cage door. And now here's the football player, a little foreshadowing. The New York Jets, Mr. Elliott here. He's here to make sure that Scott just can't walk out but help me understand the, the psychology because I do think it's a great point. Why bother with a cage? If you're just going to leave the door where it can open and close. Freely? I, look, and th- th- we, again, creative is subjective and you can um, craft the story any way you want, but from a viewer's perspective, just the visual, all right, is this cage here to keep folks out, keep two guys in, how are you going to write the story? How are you going to work the match? But when the door just kind of opened and shuts it just very difficult to suspend disbelief so goldberg gets the win 
uh, backstage, I think we're going to have uh, something fun happen here in a minute. And if we are, you know, we got to track it. Uh, the, the uh, Jumbo and uh, Scott and Robbie are, are buddies. So I knew. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know the, the behind the scenes. Here we go. Here's Jeff Jarrett. Beetlejuice, what's hey, up? Scott What'd you call me? Scott Knott. You know who you're talking to? Yeah, you, Scott Knott. Oh, oh. It's Mr. Flat Knight for you. Jeff, it might be the most viral thing that you ever did in your entire career. And it happened as we went to a commercial break. We see Booker T here with the big gold belt over his shoulder. Uh, and that's the original real one. That's not the copy being interviewed backstage with, uh, P Pamela Paul shock, who recently won the bikini contest, man, Beetlejuice. Meltzer would say this backstage. Jarrett hit Beetlejuice, a very strange looking short man wearing a superhero costume from the Stern show with a guitar shot. Come on, Dave. You got to learn about Beetlejuice. Chat me up. How was Beetlejuice in real life? What do you remember of the moment? How many times did you have to practice that? When was it pre-taped? Uh, did you get to do it just one time? How did he know to stay down and sell? Tell us about the whole thing. Oh, Conrad, what is, look, I, I wasn't, uh, Stern, Stern wasn't on in Nashville. Right. So, so I, I, I wasn't familiar with the whack pack. Obviously I knew who our Stern was. I knew his, business component and how successful he was, but I didn't really have any context of that. And I show up to do nitro. Hey, this is one of your segments. You're going to do it. And when I meet Mr. Beetle, uh, for the first time, I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Little did I know that I'd have multiple interactions with him and we'll get to the gift here in a minute, but j just the whole thing, it was a one take wonder, but as we walk through it and knowing okay, how's this going to go down? And he's going to have to step out. So we walked to it, but look, I wish I could say hello to Beetle now after all this time has passed. Cause I look back on it and look, it was another segment on nitro. Again, this is ICP and battle rolls and bikini contest. It was just another segment to me at the time. And, and, and I knew the importance or, or you know, everything that went out of it. And the day after this episode air, Howard Stern sat on his airwaves. It's the greatest wrestling segment that he's ever witnessed. Now, of course he's putting over his guy, yeah. but it, it was entertaining and shocking. And he goes down. I'll give Madden props because to this day, people will kind of, uh, info. Oh yeah. I mean, ju just everything that, that, that yes, it's viral. There's kids, my kids at school, share the, Hey, that's so-and-so's dad. And yeah. what's he doing? Knocking this little, th there's no context. So when you see it totally out of context, it's just kind of bizarre, but, uh, he actually Beetlejuice, uh, a uh, pleasure to work with Uh funny guy, uh, had no problems doing any of it, but, uh, he was nervous as hell. Wasn't real sure. Of course, like Gary Coleman, other guys, Hey, is this going to hurt? Oh, it's not going to hurt. Uh, maybe sting a little bit. I'm not sure he believed me, but, uh, it was a one take wonder. It was a, a back of, uh, I could take you right to the spot in, uh, that's all Coliseum, but, uh, that building has, uh, housed a few different, uh, episodes and, uh, noteworthy incidences in my career through the years, but, uh, <laughs> the Beetlejuice episode finally came. 
funny. Millions upon millions upon millions of views. That's got to be your most viral clip, right? Like as far as social media goes, probably not people ask about it. Actually, when I did Broken Skull Sessions, the producer was like, all right, let's talk about them, all this. And I just said, hey, it, no particular order. Gary Coleman, uh, Beetlejuice, Moolah. Those are the three that are probably, you know, that caught people so off guard. You know, the shot was done whether you think it was done right or not, but you know, it comes up on me walking backstage. You just don't, you, you know, we'd already seen the whack pack. You don't really think you're going to see Beetlejuice and he appears on the scene ends up with a guitar shot. So, so well, you, you can't just tease us like that. You said, you know, maybe the shot wasn't done right. What would you have done differently? Oh, no, no, no. I'm the shot was, I mean, no, the, the, I mean, it was, no, I said it was done right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just be, like when it came up, you just see you just see Jeff, and you you think serious because I'm walking down like a back like a regular backstage walk. Yes, yes. You're not going to really see anything other than Jeff getting ready for his match, and Beetlejuice appears on the scene. So it was done right. That's what I maybe I wasn't very clear in my enunciation of my words. Well, you uh, you're going to beat a uh, huge erection. Uh, not, that's not a blue shoe spot. I mean, you really did wrestle a guy named huge erection and you beat him because everybody knows you beat huge erections. Uh, you line them up and you'll beat all the huge erections. You know, you're not the type of guy who's going to lose to a huge erection. You're going to put it a huge erection over. You're not going to sell for a huge erection. You're going to no sell a huge erection. You're going over right, pal. Bill DeMott. I always enjoyed working with him. Uh, worked with him a few times. Uh, we had a, I thought a good TV match here. Uh, you yeah. ever figure for a huge erection and make it tap out? Because I mean, I I'm looking right now. You... Not, I don't think to. Uh, I don't think in New York I have. Right, I see. In, in Nassau Coliseum. I don't think. I but have. when you were when you were first breaking in, I mean, it's part of paying your dues, right? Figure four. <laughs> what are you chuckling for? You I said know. figure four huge erection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just wanted to know if you had ever put a figure four in a huge erection before, and I just saw you do it like with head scissor, head scissor. Wait, what are you? You're calling holds and you're gonna head, you're gonna head scissor a huge erection. You have really just completely gone off the rails here. We're I, talking about. Are you watching the same show I'm watching, and I'm off the rails? <laughs> There's Elix. Right, well, let's get some order here. Stick your nose where it doesn't belong. We're I'm going to have to teach you some respect. This ain't about your back. This ain't about my belt. And this ain't about these boys. You got the guts. I'm going to teach you a little respect. Because I'm Canadian and I can. Something about a crazy crash episode of Nitro written by Russo. And then somewhere in the middle is Lance storm, perhaps the most serious wrestler of all time. Uh, but Hey, he's going to have a good match here with sting. Talk to me about bill DeMato. I got to tell you, man, when I first saw him, I think it was on a tape when he was wrestling as crash, the terminator. And then when I saw him as, as Hugh Morris in WCW, that top rope moonsault, I was convinced like, man, this guy's going to be a really, really big star. And we know he did have some success here first with the dungeon of doom, then maybe used as a bit of an inherent uh, enhancement talent, but this era of WCW. You know, hey man, the the MIA that becomes a whole thing, and it's a featured spot for him. And 
Then he went on to have a, a somewhat controversial out of the ring experience in wrestling. I know he was criticized and it was pretty controversial at one point, his training techniques and methodology of breaking the young folks into the business and developmental. What was your experience with working with him? And did you ever work closely with anybody who went through his training? I'm sure I've had to work with somebody that went through his training. Nothing pops off the top of my head, but when I met him for the first time, he's a really good athlete. I mean, it just, uh, you know, I don't want to call him like a six, eight big man, but he's a big dude and can can work and also understood the industry. He understood the mechanics. He understood the business. Uh, I mean, it's for lack of a better word, probably why he got the position he did. Right. But I have no firsthand knowledge uh, of any of the stuff that, that went on and all that kind of stuff. And yes, I'm sure I've wrestled some of the guys he trained, uh, and you know, now when, when I see him from time to time on occasion, uh, the unfortunate tragedy that happened in his life, you know, uh, that is a, that is a, it's just a tragedy. But, uh, uh, as far as an in-ring performer, when I watched a little of that match, I do remember fondly us, we had matches at universal studios. I think we had several matches during that run during this run. If you were during 2000. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, um, we've never really talked about it before, but as far as training techniques, allegedly, do you have any experience with the jelly donut up the ass stink face or no? I I can tell by the look on your face. So you non, uh, video, just the audio listeners, I can kind of tell when Conrad's telling the truth, it, but are you obviously you're serious. Yeah. I mean, that's apparently a technique that some trainers use where they'll have one of the guys fully j- put a jelly donut up their ass and then do a stink face with a jelly donut asshole on someone in the corner. And I, I mean, I, I, I have to admit, I mean, I think the first time I've ever been in a wrestling ring is when we did money for Mongo a few weeks ago in Chicago. Okay. So I don't know what wrestling training's like, but it didn't do it that day for sure. You you came through the territory days. Yep. Uh, jelly donut up the ass, stink face in the corner. Was that like something y'all did on Wednesday before or after Evansville, or, or what did that look like? <laughs> I'm scrolling. I wish I could go through the notes. I don't see this in the notes anywhere. But in my best recollection, Conrad, I don't believe. Tojo Yamamoto, right? He he didn't put jelly donuts up his ass. Nope. Nope. Uh, Tojo, you could definitely scratch him off the list. Okay. What about Lawler? You ever hear about Lawler? Hold on. Hold on. Oh, let me go through my trainers. My okay. father was the first guy that okay. I got to ring with and over at the barn and a couple of spot shows. And, you know, okay. actually we were in the den in the, the family room, probably the first time that we learned how to work up, uh, that I first learned, you know, I was really learning how to lock up. We were close to the kitchen, Conrad, but I don't recall any jelly donut situation whatsoever. Okay. You can scratch my father off the list. Okay. Scratch Tojo off the list. All right. All right. Let's go to Tony Falk. Okay. Now, Tony liked sweets. Yeah, he did. He liked honey buns. Okay. He liked powdered donuts those are the best he loved a good yoo-hoo folks may not know what a yoo-hoo drink is they're from the south i mean i know dave silva does okay all right 
zingers, Twinkies, but I can stand here today and honestly tell you, Tony Falk is not a jelly donut guy either. Okay. Those are the three guys that trained me. So as far as my in-ring training, no jelly donuts up the ass in your entire. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Folks. That's why Conrad is literally referred to as the pot father. So here it is. David Flair has found the address. He's pulled up in his Escalade. He's got his golden crowbar. Let's track it. Bar. Ogle Torp. Torp. So he's knocking on the door, but the camera's on the inside of the house already. I know he's in here. He's a dead man. Show me where he is. Who are you looking for? Get out of my way. You better come out wherever you are. The nice what house. is wrong with you? The potters. What are you doing in my house? Isn't that an you shut up. That and guy's way too old to be the potter. Where is he? Heard about that. Where is he? He's not in here. Where is he? Where is he? Where are you hiding him? Who are you looking for? I'm looking for 977 Odothorpe. Where is it? It's next door. No, Great. Wrong address. With you. David Flair's gone postal again. He got the wrong address. The you need to drive. This is where he needs smooth to drive him around. Well, anybody could get lost in New York, but why does nine? Why does nine seven seven Oglethorpe sound familiar? Whose house is that? That might be the house from Poltergeist right there. You better open that door. Blew up. He's out of town. Dead man. There's no one home. What? He is out of town. No one's at home. Well, where is he? I don't know, but he's gone. He's been gone for a week. Will you deliver him this message? I'll be sitting here waiting for him because I know he did it. You got that? I'm going to call the police. You better send him that message. Hey, man, what is wrong with you? Who is you him? better just send him that message. You got it? I'm telling you. So we don't know who the baby daddy is we just know that's where he lives here's russo before his big moment this is real y'all take a listen deal cage and booker guaranteed us in a way that he may have some help out there of his own tonight but take a look at yourself my goodness you're going to be facing a world-class athlete look the, the talking's done gene i have nothing i want to say i'm in new york i said i was going to leave here with the wcw title and that's exactly what i'm going to do i don't care who booker has backing him up i don't care if it's goldberg i don't care what rabbit he pulls out of his hat i am in long island the greatest city in the world i came here to do one thing and one thing only and that's to become the wcw champion i want to see somebody stop me Yeah, so do we. So there you go. Uh, the main event. This is real, y'all. It's uh, Vince Russo versus uh, Booker T. Russo, as you saw, is dressed in full Giants gear. Uh, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Russo's the baby face. Um, he's going to wear a football helmet to protect his head. Meltzer would say the entire locker room came out because they were expecting to see a Flair Steamboat Classic. Russo destroyed T with a bat for a few minutes. At one point, Russo tried to climb out the top, but Austin climbed up. Sting came from the ceiling, and Bret Hart wasn't even booked on the show, by the way. And he fell back in the ring. Luger showed up, gave Russo a pipe through the cage. That's the second cage match with a pipe on the same show. 
Russo knocked out Mickey J with a pipe flair disguised as a security guard, got into the cage. And when they were carrying out, Jay attacked Russo and put him in the figure four because flair can't train after surgery. He's gotten really heavy. Should have never appeared on TV until he was ready. There's a reason guys wait a few weeks after being cleared to lift before they go on TV, because the fans judge you if you're judge harshly, if you're not in shape and with flair, because of his age, he's got even more going against him. Half the world gets involved. Goldberg ends up in the cage somewhere in this mess. Flair got punked out to set up Goldberg. Lurker was ready to run, ready to win, but hesitated when Goldberg came out and the match ends. With Booker T going through the door at the same time, Goldberg spears Russo through the cage and Russo appears to have hit his head on the guardrail pretty hard. And the idea was that Russo went through the cage at the same time T went through the door. So they went off the air, not knowing who won. So some people might say it's overbooked. (laughs) Some people, those people would be correct. We have the head writer here. In a New York Giants helmet with no face mask and full football garb, like even shoulder pads, inside of a cage. And now here comes Booker T, who's got to be thinking, man, imagine if I was champ three years ago when this shit really mattered. Talented performer, belt looks great on him. Wrestling in New York. I mean, this is a big deal. And. His big match. It's Vince Russo in a cage. I do find it interesting that, especially given the history of the WWF, uh, in this, in this area, Bret Hart, not on the card at all. Kind of weird, huh? Look, we'd have to dissect the, where was he at during this time? Creatively. I think this is where he's, uh, he's not yet been had his head knocked off. I know that was 99. Wasn't it? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His head's knocked off. But my thing is, even if he's just here to wave and shake hands, it's Bret Hart. It's wrestling royalty in New York, but you know, who needs Bret Hart? We got Vince Russo in the main event. Well, we've got ICP. Yeah. We've got a bikini contest. We've got the whack pack. Yeah. Uh, we, we, I mean, oh my gosh. A lot going on, dude. Yeah, we do. We're going to get to some, uh, listeners questions here in a little bit because this episode it's, it's, it's truly madness. I'll get a little trivia for you, Conrad. Who was Booker's pay-per-view opponent right before this in Buffalo? So that Buffalo was a pay-per-view. So 10 days before this. Because Bash of the Beast of July and August, I think it was me and Booker in Vancouver. So maybe that was the, well, New Blood Rising is uh, the August show in Vancouver. And it was you and Booker in the main event. Okay. Fall Brawl would have been the week before this. In so Buffalo. eight days prior to this in Buffalo. Who was his Booker opponent? T and Kevin Nash in a caged heat match. Okay. And the one we're getting ready for will be Halloween Havoc. And who's his opponent? Scott Steiner for the world heavyweight title. Okay. So Steiner and Goldberg on this episode. And now Russo. Yeah. Okay. I was just trying to put it in context. The storyline arcs, the old monthly storyline arcs that, uh, 
Whoo, mercy, Daddy, <laughs> as handsome Jimmy Value would say. All the talent around the ringside, and not enough for a cage match in a football outfit. But we're getting pulling a ladder out, and we saw some tables under there. Conrad, what do you think about this? I think it's a uh, a guy who. Didn't trust anybody. I'm going to do it myself. But yeah. Wasn't, yeah. Wasn't thinking clearly. Feels a lot of pressure. Doesn't know who you can trust. Doesn't know who he can count on. I really do believe. Here's the thing I don't believe. I don't believe that Vince Russo said, you know what? I don't care if it's bad for business. It's what I want to do. Never. And I, I feel like a lot of people automatically go to, well, he's booking himself in the main events. And I'm not trying to defend Russo here because I don't really know him. I just know how he's treated me, which has been great, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think he would intentionally say, I don't care if it's good for the show. I don't care if it's going to get good ratings. It's what I want to do. And I want to be a star. And this is, I, I don't see that. I don't. Well, at the end of the day, like I say every human being, but most human beings, Vince wanted that paycheck bad too. He wanted ratings to go up. He wanted buy rates to go up. He did want harmony in the dressing room to a fault, but the method to this madness obviously didn't work, but who's to say if anything would have worked because the wheels in a lot of ways, you know, doing this podcast, Conrad, and and really looking a 30,000 viewpoint. That bash at the beach, and I'm not talking about the actual execution of that night. I'm talking about all the legal situations that came out of it and the revenue versus expenses conversation. This is just, and I know there's books written about it, and Eric was much more in-depth on the business side of it. But, man, the wheels were put in motion. Uh, You could go back. Many, many months. The corporate environment at the end of the day. I've always said that. The corporate environment, it's doomed to fail because you don't have one person steering the ship. Do you think WWE today is going to go too corporate since they've sort of changed some things up? Yeah, I think it's way too early in the ball game. I think there's a sense of freshness and newness and some folks call it a honeymoon period, or if you will. I think it's way too early in the ballgame. But there will come a time, I'd say in the next 12 to 18 months, that it, it is, I think there will be telltale signs. Is it a corporate-run entity, or is it a, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, one person leading the charge? I just, I think that's the reality of the industry. Few questions we want to hit here. Uh, a wrestling historian on Instagram says, How did you feel about Vince Russo making himself WCW champion? So don't answer that with the benefit of hindsight and looking back. I'm saying in the moment at the time, Jeff. Look. So at, at the moment. Okay. So I'll get through Jeff Jarrett in um, 22 years ago. Yeah. Early 30s. I was still a huge believer of what are we doing next week? Yeah. Who's his opponents? What kind of match is he going to have? And I'm not talking about five-star quality. I'm talking about episodic storytelling. How's Vince going to go tell a story in a match? 
It just wasn't there ever there. He wasn't trained to be a wrestler. So you just, and I know the Arquette story and the fluke win and all that. And that was a publicity stunt. There's a bunch of different moving parts. I didn't think Vince could, uh, get to week to week episodic storytelling. I didn't think it was a good idea at all. I want to mention, uh, cause I feel like a lot of people sort of gloss over this fact. Russo is making himself champion here in 2000, but I think a lot of people forget Vince McMahon did it the year prior. And I'm not saying, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I'm just saying it's not as if Russo just created this out of thin air. Like there, there had been a precedent set where they did it. And by the way, it worked. Uh, we're going to see this big bump here in a minute. He's put on his headgear because he knows the creatives coming. He's got his mouthpiece in. But the big spear is coming. And there's been a lot of rumor and innuendo that Goldberg just absolutely did not like Vince Russo at all. Now you see Flair dressed up like a security guard. A lot of people wondered though, did Goldberg, I mean, listen, we knew Goldberg could just be intense and, and as a result, quote unquote, stiff a lot of times, but some people believe he was actively intentionally trying to hurt Russo. I don't know about if I believe that. Let's say you. Do you think there was any ill intent on this spear through the cage? On Sunday afternoons, do you think a defensive back tees off on a wide receiver and says, I'm going to hurt this guy? No. No. I think they tee off and say, I'm going to make this son of a gun feel it tomorrow and maybe the next day and maybe the next day and maybe the next day. I'm going to sting him. Russo signed up for this and Bill said, okay, pal, if you're signing up to it, you're going to feel it. Now, is he going to try to concuss him? No. Is he going to try to permanently maim him? Maim him? No. But he's going to make him feel it. There's no doubt in my mind. And look, I've been in the ring with Bill. Bill's aggressive. He'll take it to you uh, and everything that goes with it. Is he the most polished guy? No. But I don't think Bill says, ah, I'm going to hopefully end this guy's career. No, I don't think that. Oh, Booker, Booker T setting up the big axe kick. And there it is for Vince Russo. We'll spin a Rooney action. Right up goes book trying to get the fans with it. We're getting close on time here. So Goldberg's got to be near as we saw the it's coming down. It, but you know, when, when you look at Booker, you know, this is obviously before his WWE run such yeah. a really, really polished singles wrestler. And he didn't, he, you know, the majority of his career was tagged. And he looks like a star. Oh, he is a star. That's yeah. what it looks like what he is a star. But, um, you know, when you think about book, he was a, a, a tag wrestler, his whole national run. So the, not many, I, I, I'm saying all this today, not many folks can transition. Steiner did it as well. Transition for a, a tag to a single guys. You, you can look at a, a lot of folks out there that were in famous tag teams and when they went on their singles run died immediately, not Booker. So here's Goldberg. He's going to come in. So there's no music playing. There's no indication one way or another. You could certainly see where Russo's head hit that guardrail. That couldn't have felt very good. Uh, but man, what an episode of nitro that's going to bring it to a close. Um, let me jump in right here. And again, you, you, you have the, uh, the luxury of, you know, doing this episode with me, with Eric, with Shivani, with several others. I'm, 
my point being is you probably watched that before today yeah. Yeah. over the last four or five years. I, that's the first time I've watched it back. If people think Bill purposely hurt Russo on that specific move, I don't see they it. Have, Conrad, the timing. You think both of those guys have that good a timing? No. Bill just teed off and said, I'm going to run his ass through that cage. And Russo, that guardrail, and he just kind of hit it just right, is an accident. Yeah. And and that's what happens when you, uh, pardon the pun, come play with the big boys yeah. in WCW. I mean, it, it was an accident. Well, it's no accident what happens with the ratings. Um Quote, with the monster of the Olympics leading to one of the lowest rated Monday night football games in the history of the show, Raw became the most watched TV show in the 17 year history of TNN, which translates to 7.14 million viewers, which is a 5.44 rating and an 8.1 share. Nitro did a 2.87 and a 4.2 share. So it was up from the previous 2.75, but still. The unadvertised Goldberg Scott Steiner cage match bombed in the ratings because no one knew what was happening. There was a bikini contest. It drew a strong rating, but of course it was, as we know, a total disaster as far as entertainment and execution. And Booker T versus Vince Russo was the title match. Meanwhile, on the other show, we had the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin. A, a rock versus Benoit title match edge and the Christians versus the Hardys in a ladder match. When you just look at that side by side, it's no wonder you guys got your ass kicked. Is it Conrad? Can you read that stat again? Cause when I read it in the notes, I just said, you know, our, our listeners and your family of, of podcasts, you know, put things in contest and kind of like, Oh, I didn't really understand that. I didn't recognize that raw on its first ever episode on this network was the highest rated show in its entire network history yes of 17 years which means that goes back to 1984 yes okay the lesson it, to me because when i formed the relationship with spike and you start looking at where they're ranked in the top 10, 20, 30, 40, and you kind of define their success versus an ESPN successful show or a, a USA network, or, you know, nowadays it's Fox news and food and all that kind of stuff. Just the amount of eyeballs that tune in to a, at that time, TNN later spike now paramount paramount network. When they tune into their network on a, nightly basis it's just not up there not not a lot of folks go there so night one the 28 million dollar investment was like bingo we're off to the races so again shout out Derek. you know that kind of research and and looking at it and 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 it taking it back to it the 28 million versus 5 million and all that kind of stuff it, it just goes into Everybody wants to get dialed into these ratings and, and yes, they're very important because it creates their ad revenue, but in the entire context of things, as bad as this show was Conrad, and you just said, man, no wonder you got your ass kicked. I'd be pretty sure at least top three, five, I'd say 
this was the highest rated show on TNT for the entire week. As bad and as silly as it was, it was still the number one show on that network. It's what you say. That show was good. Like we're talking about raw was the highest rated show in the history. Oh, I'm saying yes. Raw in the history, but I'm saying for TNT is as bad and as silly. And you know, the ratings weren't that good. I think there's a, there's a statistic. The last thunder that ever air ever aired on TBS was still like a top five program on that network for that right, entire right, week. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's bad creatively. I was saying it still drew a number going yeah. back I tied the whole episode together. You ask about streaming earlier wrestling. The only people that watch us are the masses. Yes. <laughs> Just gets a number always. It gets a number. So there you go, boys and girls. Uh, one of the most interesting profound shape-shifting narrative changing nitros in history what a show it was could have been the last hope a lot of folks thought we know six or seven months later that's all she wrote folks uh but hey just checks were cashing every week so it wasn't all that bad uh next week we're going to be talking about triple a we started this episode a few weeks ago and now we're going to close it out of course we you and i are referring to it as triple uh, which is uh, not to be confused with the company that will change your tire on the side of the road in case you break down. I always uh, say triple A wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to go with triple A because I heard folks saying that in Mexico, and I'm excited to talk about this next week because from when we taped our first triple A episode to now we close up that episode, I uh, I've actually been to a triple A show now or triple A show now. Yeah. So I had not done it before. Now I have I have that context and. Of course, we're just, uh, we're like home stretching it now for their version of WrestleMania coming up. Triple mania, October 15th, going to be a big show from Mexico city. Uh, I hear they're pulling out all the stops and I don't know why, you know, we sort of celebrate, uh, the, uh, the all outs of the world and the, and the WrestleManias of the world and the summer slams and even the wrestle kingdoms. I don't think there's been enough attention paid to triple mania, but I'm pumped about it. As we get closer and closer, it's going to be uh, Pentagon junior and, uh, Milano number four in the main event, mask versus mask. I hear they've got some, some big plans cooking for all their stars, whether it's Ray Phoenix or Vikingo, or I can't wait to see it all come together. And I'm sure we'll be talking about it, but we'll talk a little bit more about Lucha Libre and Tripla next week, right here on the program. Any other final words on this strange and wacky world of WCW in 2000, as we close today's episode, just a little bit about next week. I can't wait to dive into that because. Man, we had a lot of fun on the first part. I can't wait to hear how you name the second part, but Conrad, I lost my hair and a hair match down there. Uh, Karen got involved. Dorian's father got his head shaved. Me and Conan, uh, all the travels, all the heat, uh, lots of good times, lots of talent exchange, even into 2017. There is a lot of ground to cover. I can tell a story behind the story of when Conan called me and said, Hey, uh, originally I was going down there. I thought I was doing an in-ring and he said, make sure you bring your wrestling gear. So there's a lot of good stuff. But, uh, as we close the book on, uh, the Beetlejuice episode, um, puppets got a gun. Beetlejuice has a outfit on. I mean, no, it, these are fun to go back on, but good God almighty Conrad, you've lived this a few times. 
uh, on different episodes, but me living this episode, I got to get better at my watch alongs, but wow. What you got to do is you got, you got to spend the $5. Stop it. Stop it. Can yeah. I, can you have, uh, Dave Silva send me the credit card so I can put it on the account? Yeah. I was thinking maybe you could just have Dave green, just call and see if we can get a, a Jeff Jarrett discount. Uh, there's gotta be a hall of famer discount. Why would they not give you a hookup? Maybe you can get it for $4. Would you stop? What if you got it for $4? Now we're talking twenty percent off. It, you know, it, it, uh, heard a little, uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. boys and girls, we had a lot of fun today talking about old school nitro. We'll be back next week talking about tripla and, uh, wrap it up as we get ready for triple mania, uh, later this year, hang tight, boys and girls, more my world coming your way next week, right here. Peace, my friends. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.